Barnevamos Membez Amanala, 42A1 in the Art Scroll Gemara. The Gemara is now moving on to a new topic uh, based on the Mishnah that we are discussing. The Mishnah says, that with regards to, at least according to the first opinion, the Tanakhama, in all scenarios where there was a marriage or even a halachic engagement, uh, they cannot enter into a new marriage or a new heiress and a new engagement until they wait three months. So this does not just apply to Yivam and Chalitza, but this also applies to all marriages and all engagements. And so the Gemara asks, why? I understand why Yibum, why we have to wait three months, uh, because we're concerned that, let's say, the husband passes away without any children. We're concerned that maybe she is pregnant and she will have a child, if she does have a child and the child is a healthy child, so then there's no need. If she has a child from the first marriage, there is no need uh, to do Yibam or Chalitza. In fact, it would be worse if, if they end up doing Yibam. So then that would be a very severe violation of a brother-in-law and sister-in-law having relations. That would be a very severe prohibition. So that's, in those cases, I understand why we do not have Yibam or Chalitza. But why does this apply in every other scenario, why do we say that if a person wants to marry somebody else, so then we require them to wait three months until uh, until they get married or halachically engaged? So the Gemara will give two different answers. The Gemara says as follows, Amr of Nachan, Amr Shmuel, Shmuel gives the first answer, Mishum to Amr Kra, it's based on the following verse. There is a big discussion whether or not this is really a biblical law or do we say that this is only rabbinic and the verse that is being quoted, the pasuk that is being quoted, is what we refer to as an asmachta. It's just a, a hint, a remez, a hint that's found in the Torah. So there's a dispute whether this is biblical or rabbinic law. But the verse says when it comes to, in the context of the covenant that Hashem made with Avram, it says, Lios Hashem says, I will be to you a God. Not just to you, but also to your offspring after you. Um, and it says, not just to your offspring, but to your offspring after you. Why after you? Because we need to make sure and to know who the Father is. We need to know who the Father is in order for the covenant to pass down to the next generation. Um, and so in order, in order to distinguish between the first marriage and the second marriage, so therefore, and the children of the first marriage and the second marriage, uh, we say that, again, this is either on a biblical level or, or on a rabbinic level, we say that you have to wait uh, three months. Rashi adds, and it connects also to the context where Hashem is talking to Avram about being a god to his, his people, to his offspring, Rashi points out that the Shechina, Hashem, only rests amongst those where we know how what their lineage is. We know who their parents are. It's, a, it's an idea of a mesorah, of a, of a tradition which is passed down, of the link and knowing where you are on that link. And so therefore you have to know, according to this first answer, you have to know who your father is uh, because it's part being part of that link to know to know who your father is. And that is, and that is how Hashem rests, Hashem only rests on those who know they, their, uh, their lineage and uh, their ancestors. Uh, just to point out, uh, this idea does come up in, uh, in the postgame 
amongst uh, the halachic authorities with regards to in vitro fertilization and and artificial insemination about uh, knowing who the father is. What happens if you don't know who the father is? So if you don't know who the father is, then it would it would be a problem uh, with regards to this uh, particular uh, issue. And so that is discussed. Uh, we don't have time to get into all the details and figure out whether it's uh, it's really a significant part of the of the discussion. But it is it is discussed within that context. Masav Rava Rava challenges this first approach from the following brisa. The brisa says as follows. We say that, let's say, a couple is converting. The husband and wife, they weren't Jewish, and they are both converting together, and they are they are remarrying. After they convert, they are new people, they have to remarry, and so they do remarry. So the Brisa says that in order to remarry, you have to wait three months. You have to wait three months after the conversion. Why? If it's based on this first reason, we know exactly who the parents are. We know exactly who the parents are, and certainly when she gives birth, uh, there, we'll, we'll get to it in a few pages about what happens when a, a convert is pregnant, when she she converts when she's pregnant. Uh, but uh, there is a position which says that even if she converted when she was pregnant, and even though uh, conception took place when she was a non-Jew, what defines the child as Jewish or not is based on uh, when when she gives birth at the time that she gives birth. If she already converted, so then the child is. The baby is Jewish, and so uh, either way, the, the 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 baby is Jewish, and we know exactly who the parents are. It's the same parents. So why do we require them to wait three months? What's the point of requiring them uh, to wait three months? Um, we know exactly who their parents are. So the Gemara answers Hachanami. No, here too, in the case of converts, we still need to distinguish. What do we have to distinguish between? Even though the child is completely Jewish, the child is Jewish because it goes based on uh, when the child, the baby is born. But still, there is there are differences uh, between whether or not uh, the offspring was conceived as uh, in sanctity, meaning after the conversion as a Jew, or not in kedusha, not in sanctity, meaning uh, when when the parents were not Jewish. There still is uh, a difference between the two, even though halachically speaking, the child is Jewish uh, because the baby was born after the conversion. But still, it's important for us to know uh, when uh, when the baby, uh, when the offspring was conceived, uh, whether it was in a state when the parents were already Jewish or whether the parents were not Jewish. So because that is important to us, and that also connects to the whole concept of linking yourself uh, and linking the the children to the parents to in uh, the Jewish children to the Jewish parents and that is important for us and so therefore we tell them to wait three months we do tell them to wait three months after conversion and in, in, in order to get married that is all approach number one again approach number one is that potentially this is a biblical law that we tell them to wait three months so that we know exactly who the parents are we, we need to know who the parents are we know we need to know who the father is we need to know who the mother is and so therefore we tell them to wait Three months. Rava now gives a second explanation, and this is a very different explanation. Rava Marava says it's a gzera. This is a rabbinic uh, concern. There are different concerns that we will have. He, he lists Rava lists four different potential different concerns that we will have. 
um, where there's a concern that because you don't know whether uh, this child is from, let's say, Ruvain, let's say, let's give names, that Ruvain was the husband of the first marriage, Shimon is the husband of the second marriage. We don't know who the father is. Is the father Ruvain? Is the father Shimon? So that will lead to certain uh, scenarios where there's a potential for, uh, of arayos, of, of incest and of, of a very severe biblical prohibition. What are these concerns? So let's say uh, we don't know whether it's the child of Ruvain or the child of Shimon. And she marries Shimon within the first three months. And people think, you know what? The child must be the child of, uh, of Shimon. And so what might happen? This child might end up marrying Ruvain, the first husband's daughter. Let's say Ruvain has a daughter from a different marriage. Uh, so he might end up marrying Ruvain's daughter. And now... Because he thinks that he's he's the son of Shimon, uh, but that's a problem because you know maybe he's really the son of Reuven and he's marrying his half sister, which is a prohibition. That is concern number one. Uh, concern number two is that maybe let's say he thinks that he's the son of Shimon and Shimon has another son, and so they are, they think that they're brothers, and that brother uh, ends up passing away without children, and there's a need for yibum, and uh, this child does yibum. However, it's, it's certainly possible that this is the child of Reuven and not of Shimon, and so therefore he is not obligated in doing Yibam. In fact, there's a violation here because since they don't share the same father, they only share the same mother, uh, if you, the myths of Yibam is only if you share the same father. Since they only share the same mother, it's really a prohibition. It's not in the context of Yibam because they don't share the same father. They think that they share the same father, but they really don't, and so that would lead to a prohibition. Another concern is that maybe, uh, maybe the mother passes away uh, without any uh, with with this child, but this child thinks that they're the child of Shimon from the second marriage, but really it's the child from the first marriage. But Shimon now all of a sudden th- thinks that uh, sorry, not the mother passes away, but Shimon passes away. Sorry, the father passes away, and then the mother will think that you know what I don't have to do Yibam or Chalitza because I had a child from the second marriage. But the truth is that it's possible that she did not have a child from the second marriage and she would be obligated in doing Yibam or Chalitza and then she would never do that mitzvah. She would just marry somebody else, which is a violation. You have first have to do Yibam or Chalitza before you can marry somebody else. That is concern number three. And concern number four is that, again, this child thinks that he's really the child of Shimon of the second from the second marriage. Uh, but what happens in the following case? Let's say Reuven has a son. Uh, Reuven has, has an independent son. That son marries somebody and then he passes away without any children. So the wife should have to do Yibam or Chalitza. However, they don't think. Reuven doesn't even think that he has another son, another brother who's available to do Yibam or Chalitza because everyone thinks that it's Shimon's son from the second marriage. So now the sister-in-law will not do Yibam or Chalitza. But maybe the son is the son of, Shim, of Reuven. And if it's the son of Reuven, she should have to do Yibam or Chalitza because of all these different concerns which can lead to severe biblical prohibitions uh, or other biblical prohibitions. Uh, so therefore, Rava is of the opinion that we say wait three months. So again, waiting three months according to Rava, it's not a biblical prohibition, but it's a concern. We have a concern that if you don't know who the father is, so then it could lead to different potential scenarios of, uh, of incest and of severe biblical prohibitions. Okay, so that is that is the answer of Rava. The Gemara now asks as follows. 
Masav Rav Chananya. Rav Chananya asks on Rava's approach, and he says, the Brisa says as follows. He also has a, he has a question on Rava. We had one question on Shmuel on the first answer. Now we have a question on Rava on the second answer. But the Brisa says as follows. The Brisa says that with regards to uh, all other decrees, the reason why there's a decree is to prevent erva, to prevent uh, a transgression of erva, of illicit relations. But here, when it comes to waiting three months, the reason why we have this takana, why we have this rabbinic uh, decree, is for the child. The implication is it's for the child, but not for the not to prevent uh, illicit uh, the a violation of of illicit relations. Um, and if if Rav is correct, so it seems to be that it's part of the general, all the other general rabbinic decrees, where it's there to uh, to really prevent. Uh, prohibitive relationship. So the Gemara answers, No, this case is different. You know why, what the Bryson means that this case is different? That it has to do with the child? This case is different because it has to do with the child and it's to prevent the child from doing, uh, from, from performing a, a violation, from, from violating the Torah. So in either, in all cases, in all rabbinic decrees in this area, it's there to prevent, uh, a, a prohibition of the, to, to prevent someone from, from violating the Torah. And this case also to prevent someone from violating the Torah, but it's here to prevent the child from violating the Torah. And so that's the answer to Rava. So the Gemara in the end of the day has two answers as to the question why we need to wait three months. Shmuel gives the answer because we need to know who the father is for sake of, for the, just for the sake of knowing who the father is because Hashem only uh, dwells, the Shina only dwells amongst people where they know their history, they know their lineage, they have that connection to the uh, where they are on that on that chain, Rava says that it's a rabbinic obligation because of a concern that we don't that it's going to lead to because you think that you're really the son of Shimon, but you're really in truth you're really the son of Reuven, uh, so then it could lead to uh, uh, potentially very severe prohibitions. The Gemara now switches gears a little bit and asks a few questions in terms of the timing of three months. Why specifically three months? Why can't it be less? We could, we could, we could, we will be able to figure out who the father is, whether it's from the first marriage or the second marriage, even uh, if they wait for uh, for less than three months. Sigmar has a list of questions, and we will go through some of the questions in this recording. I understand why uh, why uh, you can't say to wait two months because the because then it's a real bona fide suffix. If you tell them to wait two months and then to marry, she could get married after two months. So that's a real concern. It's a real concern. Why? Because then either the child is from the first marriage. If it's from the first marriage, uh, so then she gives birth nine months later. Uh, so then it could be from the first marriage or it could be from the second marriage. And if she gave birth nine months after the death of her husband, of her first husband, so then that would be seven months after she married. So the Gemara, this is just an important rule to know that in the times of the Gemara, their scientific understanding was that a baby who was born after nine months is a healthy baby, is assumed to be a healthy baby. A baby born after seven months is also assumed to be a healthy baby. However, a baby born during the eighth month, this is what the Gemara assumed based on the science of their time, was that a baby born after during the eighth month uh, is not going to survive. That's their, that was their understanding. And it's important to keep that in mind as we go through these different cases. The baby was not going to survive. And so therefore, if the baby is born after nine months from the death of her first husband, which is seven months after her marriage, 
So the Gemara says, I understand why you can't get married after two months, because really, maybe it's from the first marriage, maybe it's from the second marriage. But but wait one month, just wait one month, uh, and get married after one month. Why? Because if she gives birth seven months after the death of her first husband, so then it must be coming from the first husband. Why? Uh, because an eight-month-old uh, an eight-month-old baby, sorry, if it's seven months from the from the death of her first husband, it must be coming from the first marriage because then it would be six months uh, from her second marriage and that's that's too short uh, of a time. Uh, that's not enough time to give birth. So it must be it's from the first marriage. Um, and Vi'ilat Mani Yalda, let's say she gives birth after eight months. So let's say she gives birth after eight months from the death of her husband. So then Haibar Tishal Kamahu. It must be uh, that... Sorry, just to go back. Go back again from the beginning. When we mention, when the Gemara mentions that she, that she gives birth, it means that uh, she's giving birth from the time that she she marries, that she marries again. So she's waiting a month. There's a month after her husband's uh, death, her first husband's death. She marries after a month. And so if she gives birth seven months after she got, she got married again, uh, so then it must be that it's from the second husband. Because if it was from the first husband, that would be an eight-month-old baby. And an eight-month-old baby doesn't survive. Uh, according to the science uh, and, and the understanding during the times of the Gemara. If she gives birth eight months after she remarries, it can't be from the second husband because that's an eight-month-old baby, which wouldn't survive. must be it's from the first husband because it was a full nine months. And that's why the baby is healthy. So the Gemara says, no, that's not, that's not, you can't say that. Because no, who, who said? Uh, why, why, why should you say that? Maybe... Um, if the if the concern is that it's, a, it's an eight month old baby, meaning it's eight months from the time that she remarried, maybe she only became pregnant a month later, and then it would be a seven month old baby, and that's why the baby is healthy. Uh, so it doesn't prove anything. The fact that they got married a month later, maybe she became pregnant uh, a month after that, and so then it's a seven month old baby. So it doesn't help us to get married exactly after a month because it could be she's not going to be pregnant right away. Maybe it took her a month to get to become pregnant. So the Gemara asks, okay, fine. But maybe the following, we can suggest the following. Maybe we should tolerate not three months, but wait two and a half months. Two and a half months. Because if she gives birth seven months after she remarries, so then it must be that it's coming from the second husband. And it's not coming from the first husband because that's already too much time. Let's say she gives birth six and a half months after uh, she marries. So for six and a half months, high bar It must be it's a nine month old baby from the first marriage. The because if it's from the second marriage, that's six and a half months. But she's a paga A six and a half month old uh, cannot survive. And that's the assumption of the Gemara. The six and a half month old cannot survive. And so why wait three months, wait two and a half months? So the Gemara answers that no, really a six and a half month old could survive. Inami she's a paga yalda. I mean, six, six and a half months of, of pregnancy, and you give birth, the child could survive. He says, Marzutra proves from Chana, that the verse that says in Chana, when she gave birth, that it was after Tekufos, after seasons, each season is three months, so that's six months, two seasons is six months and days, that it's possible to give birth. Chana gave birth. Six after six months and a few days, so it is possible to give birth 
six after six and a half months. It is it is possible, and it is possible to have a healthy baby after six and a half months. So therefore, uh, marrying after two and a half months also will not help. Um, and so that's what the Gemara answers. And the Gemara will have more questions, as we will see in the next recording.